God, help us in this day and age that we live. It's always right to be right. I taught my family, you always do the right things because it's right. When you do the right thing because it's right, you're always right. You always know what's right, and you do it. Not because, not because you want to enhance yourself, but you do the right thing because it's right. So I want to read to you our text scripture today for our lesson, Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. heard about the doctors that went to heaven one doctor they asked him well what'd you do in life he says well I I vaccinated kids in Africa and I took care of people and said okay enter in and next one he said what'd you do in life he says well we formed things that developed things for the poor and the community that I see in and uh, he said okay enter in and next one he says well I was an HMO doctor he said Okay, but you can only stay for three days. I'm glad I'm gonna stay forever, aren't you? We're gonna stay forever. Acts chapter two, verse 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in the prayers. And there's much more to read, but we, want to get to our subject today so let's ask the Lord to help us Savior we thank you for your word today we thank you for the word that was read today we thank you for the word that is printed we thank you for the engrafted word that is in our hearts and our spirits we ask you to be with us today allow the word of God to penetrate our hearts and minds we pray in Jesus name amen God bless you you may be seated <clears throat> I, I read a book some time ago called historical, not hysterical, but historical drift. And it was about a church organization in Canada that had their bylaws and they vowed never to change their bylaws, but they changed so many other things. And it started with just a slow drift and it brought them to a place today where you would not recognize it, their origin. And I thank God for our founder Elder Terry that put things in us. I thank God for the continuation of the doctrine in this church and the holiness standards that we hold dear. But our world is drifting towards things that they will not want once they get it. Other countries in our world envy America, so they come to America, but they bring so much with them from various parts of the world. And uh, used to be when you came to America, you had to come into America, take the lessons on the Constitution, understand all about the workings of America. And my, my grandfather, when he was, uh, uh, when he came to America and went through the immigration process, he had to vow and write, and I have the paperwork, he had to disallow all foreign governments and then because he went through Russia, from Germany to Russia to America, he had to personally disavow the Tsar of Russia, which was in control of Russia at that time, because they had, to, they, had to, they had to deny their past in the sense of coming to a new country and establish themselves in a new country with a new country's principles. And that's so, so closely related to religion and truth, I should say truth more than religion, because when you come out of the world, you leave a lot of things behind and you adapt into a Christian lifestyle or walk with God. 
And so there's so much, so much continuity and thought with that. And so as I, as I was studying, preparing, because there's so much drift in our world today towards the wrong things and the wrong ways, <clears throat> that the church has remained what it is. And this scripture emphasizes the fact that, that though Jesus had ascended back into the heavens and he established a, an apostolic approach to life, the Bible said very plainly that they continued steadfast. In other words, they were grounded in what Jesus had taught them. They became leaders in what Jesus had taught them. And it's called the Apostles' Doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers. They continued steadfastly in those things that Jesus taught them, and they stayed steadfast to the apostles' doctrine. We're living in a day today where many, many religious organizations don't like the word apostolic. They don't like to follow the teachings of apostles because they're following the creeds, which was developed later. And so they try to follow Jesus, and that's well and good. But we do know that Jesus directed his apostles, having never written a book. Uh, Jesus gave to them a reason to write the books of the Bible that we have canonized today in the form of the Bible. And so it has become the apostles' doctrine of which we adhere to and believe today and hold dear to our hearts. And uh, I can tell you that this church has not changed its doctrinal stand in 70, 77 years now. Be 78 next year. We've not changed our doctrinal stand. Our holiness stand is holy. Now, I just came from Amish country, and uh, there's a difference in holding your traditions uh, of biblical import and doctrinal stands of the apostles' doctrine than trying to hold on to worldly norms. The trouble with the Amish people, and they're, they're some good people, but uh, they've held on to the worldly norms. They, they have a phone. If they have a phone at all, it's out on the corner of the property. They can't put padding on the wood seat, so when it gets cold, the kids can't talk on the phone for hours. They don't have cell phones. Anything that's connected to the world, they cannot have connected to their house. So they don't have an automobile because that makes them get too far away from home, but they have horses and they have buggies and they have scooters and bicycles and what have you. But they get stuck in the industrial part of life and they have not moved from that. <clears throat> and so I'm not gonna talk about those kind of things because that's not so important to God. He doesn't. He doesn't expect us not to have a car. He doesn't expect us not to have a house. He doesn't expect us not to do some of the things that are normal. In fact, as a Christian, you can do everything that's wholesome and right. Everything that's wholesome and right, you can do uh, and be a Christian. And uh, we're blessed because of that. But there's things that, that are not good for you that uh, the Lord and the Apostles' Doctrine has really clearly laid out in Scripture. Now, of course, I don't have time to go into all of the doctrines of the New Testament, but let me first of all <clears throat> give you this article that Brother Curtis uh, gave to me last night, <clears throat> and it tied in so well, and then we'll move into our lesson. Now, I will read, and I want you to listen. First of all, it's a little political at first, not naming names, but you'll pick up the trend of this. But then when it gets to the churches is what I want to talk about today. O'Sullivan, John O'Sullivan's law states that any organization or enterprise that is not expressly 
right wing will become left wing over time. The law is named after British uh, journalist John O'Sullivan. Television shows are the best example of this. And he named some movies that started drifting. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not here teaching against television today, but in that sense, but if you'll notice the progression of television, it has not gotten better. In fact, even worldly people are saying, in fact, I was, I was at a place of business this week and, and he was talking about, uh, what do you watch on television? I said, I don't even have a television in my home. He said, what? <laughs> I don't even have a television in my home. Raised my family and grandkids with, with no television. I'm thankful I did. Uh, because the progression of things continually gets worse and worse because the, the carnal appetite can never be satisfied. That's why we have the Holy Ghost to satisfy us. That's why we have worship like we had today to satisfy us. That touch that was in this place today will take away the craving of the world if you allow it and become what God wants you to become. Charitable foundations are the worst but harder to use. The reason why charitable organization? Because of money. They want money from everybody. And so they have to lower their standards. We've seen it in colleges. We've seen it in universities. One of the reasons for this is the leftist intolerance versus the right-wing tolerance. A little strange because what we used to see in political realms was the tolerance level in everything, freedom of speech and all that. That's changed now to where the left side, the extreme left, and this is where it's a little political, but you'll understand where I'm going. The extreme left is now very intolerant. Listen to what he went on to say. Right-wingers are willing to hire openly left-wing employees in the interest of fairness. Left-wingers, they're intolerant, utterly intolerant, and will not allow a non-liberal near them and will harass them at every opportunity. The result over time is that conservative enterprises are infiltrated by leftists, but leftist enterprises remain the same or get worse. That's why you see in the, uh, the social realm of our world, in the tech side of our world, for them to reach everybody, they're not gonna offend anybody, so therefore they move their principles farther to the weakness side or the liberal side of life to make sure they pick up all of that. The church can never do that. It can never go to the depths of trying to reach somebody to change their doctrine to reach it. We don't change our doctrine to reach. In fact, we enhance our doctrine. Our, our well has become a place where everybody and anybody can come. We are so tolerant in trying to get people saved. We want everybody to come, but we're not going to change our doctrine to get them. And it gets into that religiously in the moment. We're not going to change our, our stand in life. Also, leftism is in and of itself a form of decay. If those of you that are older like myself have seen the move in America towards a decaying morality and a decaying of, of, of uh, morals and a decaying of, of manners and respect and all of that is because we cannot teach it in our schools anymore. It offends people. And so it, traditionally it just keeps getting worse and worse. What does the Bible say? Evil men and seducers will get wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Not only are they deceiving people, but they're being deceived. And the religious world fits into it also. It's what happens not just because of television shows, but nations, churches, universities, as the energy 
given off by the big bang of their inception slowly ebbs away. Now what that's really saying is you have a big splash in starting a church, the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. It was everywhere. And, uh, and 3,000 were added to the church and then 5,000. Then it went to the world. And then all of a sudden, what happened? There was an influx of, of, of insights that tried to figure out things that that could not figure out in the human realm. Instead of going to God and getting revelations from God, they began to write articles and work in ways that, that was committee formed and they came up with the creeds, which is part of the religious world today. We don't follow the, the religious creeds. We follow the apostles' doctrine. We, have, we follow the Bible. Simply put, we follow the Bible. Rather than a spin Vitality in originality and creation, they become obsessed with introspection, popularity, and lethargy. Leftism is entropy of the spirit and intellect. That means they have a lack of order or predictability and a gradual decline into disorder. What have we seen this last year in America? The burning of, of, of buildings and the destroying of property and, and nobody seems to stop them or, or because the anarchy is building in them. That is a form of liberalism that has gone so far that they're afraid to offend them because they won't get the votes that they need. That's the basic line. So I'm, what I'm here to teach today is we must remain steadfast in what God has given to us. Listen to this. Another reason is that the parasitic nature of liberals and leftists, this is the extreme side, so don't get offended at this, um, attracts them to existing money. Now, the Bible said the love of money is the root of all evil. If a church, and some churches do, they're afraid to offend anybody because they're going to lose money or income or sometimes popularity or attendance. We love people. The ministry of this church, Brother Bradford, myself, and others, we love people. We love you. We love you so much, we're going to tell you the truth. And we're going to preach the truth. And in doing so, the Bible said, we'll save ourselves and them that hear us. So we're not here for a popularity contest. We're not here for the income of the church or trying to make more money. That's not it. You do what God tells you to do. We'll do what we, we have to do in the will of God. And in the process, we're all going to be saved. What do you say we go to heaven together? Well, hallelujah. An enterprise, this, this was very interesting. An enterprise can stave off O'Sullivan's law if their creators keep it in mind and remain vigilant and truthful to their origin and their original purpose. Now this is why I'm preaching this today. I really, I can't change the world and I'm not so much interested in trying to change them because it's almost impossible. But I tell you what we can do, we can hold on to the apostles' doctrine and steadfastly live for God and live in truth and somebody's gonna be saved, our kids are gonna be saved. Let me just tell you, the best place to be, yes, we have divorce, yes, we have failures, yes, our children go astray, yes, we have problems, but the best place to be for your children is in the church no matter what problems come because the church is what's stable and I'm telling you this church will be a stabilizing force to our world and our community if we hold true to the doctrine they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship breaking of bread and in the prayers we do all of that thank God and our children can have a better opportunity to be saved 
We can't make our children live for God. Every one of us have children that are, have strayed or is strayed. Maybe they'll never come back. Maybe they will. We're praying they all come back. But we cannot go to where they are and change our doctor to keep them happy. We're going to preach the truth, and they're going to have something to come back to. We've had backsliders come back to church and said, thank God you're the same as the original time when we were here. And I can tell you, this gospel still saves. Our God's still a healer. Our God still knows how to uplift us and strengthen us. And we're not moving away from it. We're going to hold it until Jesus Christ comes. Well, hallelujah. So the existence of money, it tants it, it people. The love of money is the... Re, is the I was waiting for you to finish it. The love of money is the root. It's the basis. It may not see it all up here, but it's the root of all evil. O'Sullivan's Law in movies and movie stars, when they finally had a Muslim villain, then started running disclaimers about Muslims aren't all terrorists. Then the Annenberg Foundation was started by a Republican but it didn't take long before O'Sullivan's law had them handing out domestic terrorist money for educating your kids. That's just an illustration of how movies and Hollywood comes down into the home and schools and all. The ACLU, the Ford Foundation, the Episcopal Church, along with many other churches, all fell to O'Sullivan's law. So today, for the next few moments, I want to preach to you about continuing steadfastly. That's a law that he wrote. It's an article he wrote. But we have something better than all of that. It frightens me to see what's happening in our world, not just in America, because never has a world given in to what they're giving into now. And, and going through, they're learning. The Antichrist spirit is alive and well. It was alive with the apostles. It's alive and well today. But we are not Antichrist. We are Christ people. We believe in the Bible. So what doctrines are we holding to? We're holding to the apostolic doctrines, the apostles' doctrine. The Bible said, Paul writing in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. Here is the purpose and the promise of it all. If you'll continue in them, for in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear you. So if we will preach truth, we will be saved. If you hear truth and believe truth, you will be saved. Why would we want to go away with what's going to save us? It'd be like somebody drowning in the ocean out of, a, out of a cruise ship. And the cruise ship going on, maybe come back in circle and throw in a lifeline. And they say, I'm sorry, I like the sharks. That's what it is. I don't like sharks. Lone sharks or anybody else. I love truth. I love the church. I love people that love truth. And we're going to hold on to this until Jesus comes. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13. But evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. 2 Timothy chapter 3, and verse 14. The next verse said, but continue thou 
even if seducers are in the world, even if deceivers are in the world, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them from. I love my elder. I still drive down the street and have a tug in my heart when I pass the house down the street from me. I love my elder. I love what he put into me. I, put, I love the doctrine that he put into me. I love the truth that he put into me. Then it went on to say, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. What do you believe God is for you? Are you tired of the world and you bring it to church and say you're tired of church and say, well, what's the use? I'm not going to do what God says. Oh, no, church. Uh, let me encourage you. Let the world go their way if that's what they want. Uh, but we are going to stand for truth uh, and we're going to love Jesus uh, and we're going to worship uh, and healing's going to be in this place. Salvation's going to be in this house because if we will do it as a unit, uh, you hearing it and us preaching it uh, and us hearing it uh, and others preaching it, uh, we'll save ourselves and all that will hear us. Oh, hallelujah. I want truth in the inward parts. I want something better than the world has to offer. I want what God has given to us. It's been here for 2,000 years. It still works. Has anybody in this house been healed? Has anybody in this house been comforted? Has anybody in this house had a renewal of the Holy Ghost? Has anybody in this house received the promise of the Holy Ghost 2,000 years ago? It's as good today as it's ever been. It's not going to dissipate. It's not going to fall apart. It's going to be right by the Bible. Somebody shout with me. Hallelujah. You must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hallelujah. For unto us a child is born. Unto us, unto us, I like that. You got to claim it. Unto us, the world may become antichrist. The world may walk away from truth. But to us, somebody say to me. Unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. I thank God for Calvary. It's still efficacious today. It's still powerful today. We're not weakening Calvary. We're not going around Calvary to get the other two thieves on the cross here. We're here because we want everybody saved. And the only way you're going to be saved is hold on to truth. Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. There's a reason why we hold truth so dear to us. There's a reason why, because we want people saved. There have been those that have been baptized three times because of the titles in history. One for the Father, one for the Son, one for the Holy Ghost. And I read where the man, they baptized you, said, do you believe? Yes, do you believe? Yes, do you believe? Yeah, I believe you're trying to drown me. <laughs> We don't baptize three times because we know what the name is. We're not, we're not doctoring our doctrine up to please man. We're here because we want the word of God to be right in our lives. What was read today from the Bible is a powerful scripture. 
So he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. The world has said, okay, we want to make sure nobody gets offended. So we don't want to talk about baptism because maybe, maybe they don't believe what we believe in baptism. Well, you get too many people in a church that doesn't believe in baptism. You'll never have baptisms. We had a, we had a superintendent years ago. And I remember Brother Terry telling the story. He said the superintendent, every time a pastor did something he didn't like, he wrote his name in his little black book. Trouble was, one day, he had too many names in that black book and they voted him out. <laughs> you start holding grudges, <laughs> they voted him out. I like what Brother Terry used to tell us. He was elected to be a, a uh, board member, presbyter, and he said, I got all votes but one and I didn't vote for myself. So the next time they voted, he said, I only got it by one vote majority and I didn't vote for myself. He said, the next two years when it came up, I only got one vote and I didn't vote for myself. And so he was teaching us how to work with men and people, not be hurt by it. So he said, you know, every time I saw one of those other pastors in the section, I looked at that one pastor as if he was the one that voted for me. Then he said, I always had trouble when two of them were standing together. <laughs> so we don't baptize people for three times. We baptize them once in the God-saving name. A name that is above every name. Aren't you thankful for the name of Jesus? Some of us know the man that I'm talking about right now. I won't mention his name, but... He's preaching in this church, and I loved him dearly. He was a great help to me. I loved him. He was a great guy. But somewhere, he began to back away a little bit because of whatever. I'm not even going to go for the whatevers. But, but today, he doesn't baptize in Jesus' name at all. He's gone so far left of things uh, that it's no longer the man that I knew. And it's a heartbreak because I loved him. Some young men followed him, and they're out of way out of things today. Nothing resembles godly church anymore. Thank God I did not follow him because Brother Terry put something in me that keeps me in this troubled time that we live in to be true to the doctrine and true to the church. Now this is why I'm teaching this church. Uh, there's so many voices. Paul wrote about it. They're not without signification even. They're, they're, they're important roles in the world. And you listen to those voices uh, and you think, God is not in the picture anymore. And why is God even involved? One, one person said, when they was talking about right or wrong and the laws of our land and Supreme Court and what's really happening in America, sad to say, is the Supreme Court is becoming God, making decisions on life and death and everything uh, without the, the real wisdom of God, some of them especially. And so here we are in a world today that's making their own decisions and going their own way. We don't, we don't follow that pattern. So many people following that pattern. And uh, so they give up trying to get money. And thank God we're not in debt in this church. Because sometimes you get in debt and, uh, and you can't pay your bills. So you're afraid to lose somebody even when they become so vile or corrupt. You're afraid to make the decisions you need to make because you want the money. We're not built on money. We're built on the apostles' doctrine. 
Yes, we need money. Thank God for the money that came in. Thank God for you faithful people. I love you. Brother Bradford, we love you. Thank God for it. We're blessed and we thank God for it. But we're not here to get your money. We're here to get your soul. And when we get your soul, guess what? We get your money to boot. And that doesn't mean you give us the boot. What does the world think when they're giving up beautiful New Testament traditions, biblical principles, and giving it up for the weak, beggarly elements of the world <coughs> and filling their churches with weakness? Uh, and I, I'm not trying to pick on anybody. I love them. I wish the world would not be going the way that it's going. But we're not going that way, thank God. We're standing for the apostles' doctrine and truth. It is the thing that brought us to God. It's the thing that's going to keep us uh, when the world's on fire. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So, what reward do we get? We get salvation. We get salvation. The guy went to heaven according to the dream he had. He walks past all these mansions while they're leading him to his. And now he's looking at all the beauty. He's expecting his to be a beautiful mansion. He gets a little shack over in the corner. He says, what's the deal? Look at all those beautiful mansions they got. And look what I got. And they said, well, depends on what you lay your treasures up in heaven for. Now, that's a dream from a man. But the truth of it is, if you don't lay up treasures in heaven, you won't have anything when you get there, if you ever get there. The idea is to be saved. The whole lesson today is to continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Take heed, Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 14, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. So I'm teaching today, don't ever give up what you have been taught. What, are, what you have been given, what, what scriptures are so dear to us as apostolics. In fact, the whole Bible is interesting to us. Brother Bradford preached a message here and at conference about, uh, not, not, every, that? not everything, more to, more to Acts 2.38. Great message because we believe the whole Bible. They want to accuse us of just believing Acts 2.38. Oh, no, we believe in Matthew 28.19 also. Because we know what the name is. We're here because of the truth that has been given to us. I taught my children that whatever we do in moderation as parents, our children go to extreme. There's some truth to that. We see that the progression in our world that, that families now, they give their children everything and the children don't really appreciate it. The streets were filled with rioters that come from very wealthy homes. The money that they had been given them where they didn't have to work let them go burn businesses down. And the anarchist was there not even realizing that the reason they even had the freedoms they have was because their parents made some money, but they didn't take care of it right. So no matter what you get in life and whatever the world gives you, thank God for it. But keep your truth. Keep your doctrine. Stay steadfast in the truth.
according to the grace of God which is given to me as a wise master builder, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3 and 10. I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. What we have been given by the apostles, we're going to build on that. We're not going to build on sinking sand. We're building on the rock of truth. Now, this may be boring to some of you, but it's rich to me because all of my life... Everything I am, everything that I have, everything that I possess, my thought process, everything comes from this church. I came here when I was four. My first payroll job was given to me by people in the church. And we're blessed to have people in this church that's hiring other people. And I'm telling you, our church will always grow when we're thankful for what God has given to us. The sand castles of today will become the crumbling houses and crumbling buildings of tomorrow. They will not stand. You've got to build on right things. The Bible says you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But ye, beloved, build it up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. When you pray, have faith for your children. Have faith for your wayward children. Don't ever quit or give up praying for your family. I pray for my family every time I pray almost. It has become kind of an interesting thing because we sit down to eat at a restaurant or anywhere else. And I'll thank God for the food, keep our kids and grandkids in truth. And then my grandkids say, and Papa Nana too. You know why? We're in this together. We're going to be saved together. I'm not the only one going to be saved in this church. You're not the only one going to be saved in this church. We're going to go out of here in the rapture of the church. We're going to go together. Musicians, come, and I'll try to move a little bit. I just came from a place where this scripture is not so important to some around. It said, I will not set any wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It will, shall not cleave to me. Then Paul goes in the New Testament and said, In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel, shamefaced as sobriety, not with broidered hair, or gold or pearls, or costly array. Something is wrong with our world today. So what's wrong with Target and Walmart? It's so expensive with clothing that you can't give to God and you're in debt. You buy so many fancy cars you can't live and give God to God. That's the wrong way to approach it. Never forget God. Never forget God. Some that I know have gone into $2,000 suits and $1,000 shoes trying to have status symbols. Uh, don't, don't try to impress the world. They don't care about you. Let's impress Jesus. What do you say? Let's live for Jesus. What do you say? They say that Walmart down in Arkansas, the wind blew so hard it blew the roof off the Walmart and left 300 women homeless. What's wrong with going to Walmart? What's wrong with Target? What's wrong with Ross? What's, you know, you don't have to have the fanciest stuff and the biggest stuff and the most important stuff and the most expensive stuff. Just look nice and be in the house of God and be holy. This is what we as a church do. If this is not what you expected to hear today, then come back tonight. You'll hear something better. But this is what the apostles did. They stayed with the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. Constantly staying with truth. Staying with what is right. 
doing what is right. As we stand, Paul wrote these words in Colossians. He said, if you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am a minister. He went on to say, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in. This is all steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, the traditions of men, rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and we are complete in him. He went Second John chapter 1. I rejoice greatly that I found that thy children walketh in truth we have received a commandment from the Father. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that you love one another. And this is the love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment, that as ye have heard from the beginning, ye should walk in it, walk in steadfastly. Look to yourselves, he said that you lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. That we receive a full reward. One translation said, keep watch over yourselves so that you do not make our work of non-effect, but you may get your full Today, we are still holding to what the apostles taught. And I thank God for that. I would not be comfortable here if it had all changed and our elder would not have even been remembered. When you look around the property, 43 Cafe and Libby's Center and Libby Center and things that have just tied us to our immediate past, but reason that's done because it ties us to the apostles doctrine this church is built not on personality or money this church is built on truth and I thank God for it here we are today what is it sake if we lose our identity we lose our doctrine we lose the apostolic doctrine we are apostolic in doctrine and Pentecostal in experience there's so much more to talk about heaven not enough talk about heaven and hell today. I'm guilty of not preaching enough heaven. But I'd like to just mention to you when Paul said, if you'll do this, you'll save yourself and them that hear you. Ultimately, that's saying we're going to heaven together. Fight for truth. Fight for righteousness. Enoch. I'm sorry I got you standing, but real quick. Enoch, the seventh from Adam started preaching the coming of the Lord and nobody else in the whole Old, Old Testament hardly mentions much about the coming of the Lord like he did because he talked about the coming of the Lord and talked about separation in Jude verse 14 and 15. What's interesting is even Peter picked it up and said, they're saying, we've heard this since our fathers fell asleep and nothing's happened. Let me just remind you, church, he's still coming. He's still coming. 
I said, he's still coming. I know Enoch 6,000 years ago said he's coming. The apostles said he's coming. And here we are today, the ministry of this church. You know what we're saying? Jesus is coming. Hang on, church. The world's going to get worse, but the church is going to get better. Our well. Our well is going to get better. Because somebody's going to be saved. And as we sing, these altars are open. If you're sick today, we still believe in healing. Step into the well.